Big Conversations Little Bar with your hosts Randy Florence and Patrick Evans featuring candid conversations with the Coachella Valley's most interesting and influential people. Pull up a bar stool and enjoy Big Conversations Little Bar. I want to welcome everybody to another edition of Big Conversations Little Bar. My name is Patrick Evans and we are broadcasting, podcasting from Little Bar in Palm Desert, California. If it's a little noisier than normal, it's because Skip Page, who is the owner of Little Bar, is hosting a watch party. The Firebirds are in the Calder Cup playoffs. Go Firebirds. Go Firebirds, our, our local AHL team. They're in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and there's a watch party going on. So it might be a little noisier, but that's okay because the guest we have today is noisy noisy and he's going to over talk the party my co-host my good friend uh is randy florence you notice how it takes him a while to get that good friend part out my co-host and good friend. i had to think about it for a minute you know i just learned something about you you've been telling me for several weeks that you have been marrying various people and i thought you were a polygamist but you're actually an officiant you just did a wedding at the at melvin's I did. That's all you had to say about it? That's it? Wow. Melvin's. This, this show is great. <laughs> this show, I mean, it's, wow. Bill Getty, our guest, is going to cancel us. Our guest today. <laughs> wow. No, no, no. I want to respond to that. Okay. I did a wedding at Melvin's, and I got to see Patrick Evans sing to a group of two people in the bar that night. That was great. That was fantastic. That was terrific. Um, let me get to our <laughs> Thanks guest. Thanks for inviting me. Before, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our guest just left. Bill Getty really needs no introduction, but this gentleman was the producer of the Barbara Walter specials for 30-plus years. Yes. He was the creator of the television program The View. Barbara and I did that together, but yes. And uh, various other television projects uh, with ABC for many, many years. Right. And Ten most fascinating people for, I don't know, 25 years or something like that. Yeah. And some of the most watched television that was really ever made. I mean... It, it, actually, it was, yeah. I think you have to go to... Maybe maybe Ed Sullivan might beat us on that, but something something like, you know, Lucy, things of that nature. But well, yeah. When, when I talk to people about... And I've known you for a few years, and I, I feel very privileged to call you a, f- a friend, but you're the guy... That when Barbara said, well, I want to do an interview with Ronald Reagan. Right. When you got those folks on the phone, they said yes. Well, you know, people uh, people got the sense that everybody said yes. Most people said no. Most people said, I'm not ready for that yet. This is not my moment. Uh, I, in a few years, I'll be ready. And a lot of people we didn't end up doing because of that. But but it's it's very interesting to sit down with Barbara Walters. You had to feel whether you were a celebrity or politician or whatever that all the stars were aligned. This was the moment to sit with her because you got the sense that she wasn't going to ask you five years from now or two years from now, or if this was too early, you 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 ducked it, you know. And so there are people we we chased over the course of time, people that you would think would be nothing. You think you know I don't know a Jennifer Aniston. You didn't get Jennifer Never Aniston. got Jennifer Aniston. And I asked her once. She came on The View, you know, came on The View a few times. And I said, what's the deal? And she says, I'm not old enough yet. 
and now she's too old. So, I mean, no, I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's not right. I'm very old. It's just a joke. Just a joke. That's going to be another hour and a half podcast, right? All right, so I, I want to start with, I and mean, we're already kind of into it, but I, I have this one question for you, and you, you and Barbara crafted The View and created this show that is still relevant and interesting and mm-hmm. sometimes controversial. Mm-hmm. My question to you is if you had to get rid of one of the co-hosts of The View... <laughs> Who is it, and why is it Joy Behar? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Joy. Joy there, there wouldn't Next be, week on the podcast, there would no, be no view without Joy Behar. Joy really? Behar was one of the instrumental uh, pieces of that show. It makes perfect sense that she's still there. Um, I, you know, I, it's a com- it's a completely different show now. Let me it, it let is. me let me. You know, when we were starting out, it, the idea was that Barbara comes on, you know, a few days a week. And then Joy would take her place uh, Joy on the was day actually- she was. So Barbara would do, I don't know, three days a week or two days a week, and Joy would do the other days. And little by little, people said, well, we like Joy. Why isn't she just on every day? And so we'd put her on every day. And then all of a sudden, Barbara's like, there are too many of us here. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, off away goes, you know, Debbie Matinopoulos, who I'm still very close to today. And, and I, I don't think we'd have been as successful without Debbie. I know that the people don't think I'm sincere about that, but it was a big part of it. A lot of people's dislike of Debbie because she was so young in that group, I think, was brought us a lot of audience. She kept saying things that people went, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding me. Is this what the younger generation is like? And it's like, yeah, that is that's what they're like. Yeah. And so I thought that was very good for us. I, you know, I haven't seen, you know, this is, it's a fascinating thing with The View. I haven't seen The View since I left 10 years ago. Really? Really? I have not seen it. Uh, I sort of made a decision. You know, I, I did it for 17 years. Wow. So it's, I guess it's not, I guess it's nine years ago that I left, if I remember correctly. Um, and I thought, but, but because of social media, I feel like I've seen it. Yeah, you managed to get. And when we first when we first started, we fought to have somebody write about us. And if somebody wrote once a week something, even if it was nasty, we're like, thank goodness somebody wrote. And by the time I left, every day there was one or two items or something about the show. This is this is eight, nine years ago. Today, there must be thirty or forty items a day about the show. You wouldn't believe what Whoopi said about. Wanting to be on, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, whatever it was, Family Feud or whatever it is. What is what's the show she the, she wants to take Pat Sajak's uh, place oh, she wants on? Wheel, oh, Wheel, Wheel, Wheel of Fortune. Fortune. <coughs> Everybody says Ryan Seacrest is getting that. What, you know, and, and it's not going to be Whoopi probably because you know she's my age, so they're probably going to go. You know, how many years has she got? We want somebody. But how cool would it be to have Whoopi Goldberg oh, be doing the Wheel of Fortune? Would be make it make perfect <laughs> sense. But you know what? The, you know, it, it, it's an ageist world. Probably say it. Ryan Seacrest is probably too old in their mind. Uh, but, wow. But uh, but I don't know where I'm going with this. But 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 over the course of time, when we started that show, and this is kind of kind of what I find fascinating is the numbers. And for those of you who don't care about how many people watch television or whatever, I don't know what to do. It's it's an obsession with me. How many people watch things now versus then? When we first started that show, the goal was to find. A million women, 18 to 49, every day, and a million and a half women, 25 to 54. Those were the numbers that made money. And so every every Thursday, we would get this sheet, and we'd go like, ah, we only had 950,000 women, 18 to 49, but we got our <laughs> 1.5 million on 25. You know, we'd do, and by the time I left, we were we were do, ch- cranking out that number. 
We also had, I don't know, four million a day, three and a half, four million people a day watching the show. That's a huge number. We had, well, I'm, I'm getting to this. Hang on a second. We also would have, in the big moments, Obama wins the election, Obama comes on the show, whatever it is, that was really the sweet spot for us, sometimes six million people a day. And this is nothing compared to, like, you know, Oprah was pulling in 10 or 12, Ellen's pulling in seven or eight. All, all, all of this is happening just 10, 12, 13 years ago. All right. Today, the view is the, I think, the number one talk show on television. It wasn't when I was there. The number one talk show on television. How many people watch it? Two million. How many? Daily. Yeah. Two, two and a quarter. How, what about women 18 to 49? We're supposed to get a million today. 150,000. 150,000? How about women 25 to 54? We're supposed to get a million and a half. 250,000, maybe. So my point is, <laughs> you, you, it, and, and I realize that there are other ways to monetize things today. You know, I mean, that, that, like I said, there are 20, 30, there, there's social media. There's a, but the actual numbers are so much smaller. This business, the traditional business that we know and love is dying. There's no question about it. doesn't mean it won't be replaced by something. We, I have ideas about what it will be replaced by. But that, that, there's no way to monetize something that small appropriately. So why are these shows? I'll give you another example. I realize I'm monologuing here, but the hell with it. Um, I started a show four years ago, three and a half years ago, called Tamron Hall. Mm -hmm. I went to New York. We launched Tamron Hall. We got, on our launch day, on that Monday, we got a 1.4 rating. The network, which was ABC, said, it's all right. You're going to have to do better than that. <laughs> I think over the course of the year, we got a 1.2 over the course of that year, three years ago. I left, for reasons I will not get into. Today, shoot. <laughs> today, that show just got re-upped for a fourth season. What is their number? 0.7. Less than one. Yeah. 0.8 at the best, but 0.7, And What's happening? And the network is... You're, you're a student of television. You all are. What's happening? Well, there's a thousand other places to get We're recorded okay. in instant. Okay, but they're still on the air. Can't, well, can't be making money. Hmm? So what's happening? What's right, your theory? So, yeah. Well, I think my theory is that they're placeholders. To For what? Everybody figures out what the hell's going on. Oh, they, can't, okay. they can't figure out. They're more afraid of nothing. So what they're doing is they're cutting budgets everywhere. And I don't know about Tamron. I have no idea. But, but let's say, and I know in a lot of other shows, they're cutting these budgets. And these budgets um, were, weren't great to begin with. So cutting staff, cutting budgets and saying, all right, you get another year. We hope you turn it around. I think that these networks are going to be up for sale. Really? I think they're all going who's, to be up for who's sale. Who's going to buy a, a business model that's not working? Someone who thinks they know better. Sounds okay. like well, what the Saudis did with there are a lot of There are a lot of, exactly. So Elon Musk is going to buy. Somebody one. who thinks that they're a lot smarter. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, there's always somebody like that, isn't there? Mm-hmm. There always. Yeah, there's somebody uh, who thinks they're smarter and that these things have been run poorly and they have a solution. I'll give you another example because I can't stop talking. The other night, uh, what is it, two nights ago or something? I don't know when this runs. Uh, the Tony Awards ran. Right. The Tonys had like four million people watch it, and they were bragging yeah. about it. <laughs> They were saying it's so much better than last year and the year before. It's like, really, how terrible must it have been? Four million people. I mean, those are like those are like daytime numbers eight years ago. Yeah, that's a very low number for a primetime award show. Uh, I, I always think that the Tonys lag behind because so many yeah. people don't see plays. That it, you know, they're, well, they're, maybe. But when I was growing up in Oklahoma City. Well, we didn't see plays either. We sat down and watched the Tonys because we wanted to learn about it. And they did pretty well considering all of that. But here's what happens is I feel like I've seen the Tonys because I saw the clip where Sam Jackson rolled his eyes or whatever the hell he did when he didn't win. I saw the clip where, you know, my point is we don't see them. We see clips from them. They're disseminated through social media. Through, you know, through uh, you know, I, I don't know whether it is Instagram or, or the or the news feeds or whatever it is. We see the highlights. highlights. We don't have to see anything really right. anymore. Yeah, if you if you're on Instagram, you're going to see pretty much the the best moments of, yeah, of virtually anything exactly. if you scroll long enough. Uh, but let me ask. Let me go back to something. You said at a, at a point seven or a point eight, a show like uh, the Tamron Hall show isn't making money. But doesn't it? It's, well, I mean, it's, I, I assume it isn't making money. I'm not sitting there with the coffers, but right. I, I don't know how it could be. You, uh, because my supposition is always that they've just so drastically cut budgets, yeah. and they're doing things so bare bones that it, it's doing better it, than breaking. It's easier to be profitable. Well, it's just it's going to do a little better than break even because I really think if it's if it's really losing money, those shows have to go away. Well, first of all, let me start with this. I'm not talking about the quality of anything. Right. I, I haven't seen that show. It may be the best show on television. I no. have absolutely I've no idea. It. It's not the best show okay, on television. Okay, but I don't know anything about it. It could be, it could be fine. I, I just know that it, I'm just telling you the truth about where we were and where we are now, and I can't quite make heads or tails of well, it. Well, but you were there in, a, I think, a, a golden age of, of television. Yeah, but I'm not talking... I, I realized that when I started doing the Barbara Walters specials, 40 million people tuned in every night to see a Barbara Walters special. 40 million? Four, three or four times a year, 40 million people. 38, 40 million. By the time I left, when we did Fascinating People, I think was our last one, I think that last Fascinating People got 7 or 8 million, and we thought that was great. Wow. So Is how much it, of so the I'm not, streaming I'm not, platforms? I'm not talking taken. about the quality. I'm not talking about me versus them. No, no, you're talking about audience them. erosion. I'm talking about a general erosion that has nothing to do with anybody's being good or bad. Right, because you're, you're the quality of the Barbara Walters. It was, was always the same. It was. They were always great. Yeah, they were always great. Is it Netflix and Prime yes. and Peacock? Yes, it's all of that. Um, but I don't. But the, but the networks offer things that they're not offering. At least not yet. So I, I don't I don't fully understand how it you know what happens. I'll, I'll give you an example. I used to work on a show called PM Magazine. Oh yeah, PM Evening Magazine. I worked in the national office in San Francisco for Westinghouse uh, Television, Westinghouse uh, Broadcasting. And PM Magazine was this great combo, which is the the local local shows paid to get a feed, and they hired their local hosts, so it'd be. Uh, 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 Dick and Diane in Cleveland uh, introing 
something uh, it, that might be local in the middle of the show, which is here's a great new pizza place that's opened up in right. Shaker Heights. They, they fed and, a little local. Yeah, they and fed they, a little local. And, and, and I always thought, and that went, when that went away, I thought, I'll bet that comes back someday. Because the only way to combat this, and I think this really speaks to what you guys are doing, and particularly you, is that people are still interested in local. We're still interested in local weather. The, you do your cooking thing. You do this podcast. We're still interested in the new things that are opening up here. Somebody just bought a hotel group in, in Palm Springs the other day. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing around here. I, I was glued to that. Why? Because it's local. It's my town. All right? That's stuff. I think what will have to happen, and I don't know how it will happen, what will have to happen is we're going to have to double down on local again. We're going to have to double down on these t- these towns taking back t- uh, programming time, doing inexpensive but meaningful programming for their communities. Well, it's like sometimes you've been in some of our consulting meetings yeah. at the television station because we always talk about what makes us relevant is the fact that we are local and that we are invested here. And I think the thing that we're seeing in local television especially in smaller markets like ours, is the slow attrition. There used to be a network affiliate, one for each network in every town. Yeah. Now that's not the case. That's exactly right. And, like, under our roof, we have ABC, CBS, and the Fox affiliate. Right. And there is more consolidation going on at the local level, but it allows us to produce more local content. Sure. Uh, So local makes us relevant. In television, I think one of the other things that makes things like ABC and CBS still relevant is we want to watch sports live. Yes. And no one wants to watch a game that's three hours old because you probably know the outcome. So it is local content and live sporting events. Then no question. I am I am actually interested in the Coachella Valley Firebirds. I don't give a flip about hockey. <laughs> Never cared about hockey. All of a sudden we have a hockey team. It's your team now. It's my team. You know, it's the way I, the reason I, I follow the Texas Longhorns anything, because that's where I went to school. And I think that, I think that if, I think that television is going to go that way. Not, not all of it, not Netflix, but, you know, we're going to have to do something to find this audience again, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, there's a, there's a few things happening right now, too, that kind of seem to be coming together. You've got, uh, you, you talked about TV being in kind of a placeholder place right now. What is AI going to mean towards this? How many of them are just sitting back and saying, we're waiting a couple of weeks and then we won't even need writers anymore? And that's where we're going to head. Well, you know, that's, that's so out of my world. I don't, I don't understand any of that at all. Um, I'm, I'm, t- I'm sort of too old to believe that that will be real. Hmm. I, I just don't understand it. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think that, I think that we're in a personality business and, 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 I, and I don't trust the weather until I hear from Patrick. You know, it's, it's, that's just the way. By the way, it's going to be hot. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be hot. That, it's not going to be that. But, but I'll, I'll tell you this. Right now I'm sitting here thinking, why is it so cool into, into June? Why, are, why is it this cool? And, and I'm sitting with you, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, that's really what I want to talk to you about. Why is it that I sat out for hours this morning and could have used a little blanket? You know what I'm saying? Doesn't yeah. make any sense. What's happening? That's local news. That's local. I want to hear about that. 
Do you see what I'm saying? I, yeah, I, I get it, and I depend on it because obviously this yeah. is, that's where I draw my paycheck until this podcast hits a big. Um, you know, but, or until it ruins your entire career. Yeah, it's, it could go either way on that. the The thing about AI, and I think Bill kind of made this point. Local television, we do a lot of research about why people watch what they watch, and and some of it is content, but a lot of it that gets unsaid is I, all right, I watch Channel 3 because I'd like to sit down and have a beer with John White. That's right. He seems like a, yeah. a great guy. Yeah. yeah, he isn't, by the way. Terrible, I mean, I, terrible man. You and I know him Awful. for years. And Awful. Yeah, just, just a horrible said. human being. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I like Well, if it wasn't for Patrick Sausage, I wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> right, that and that may right, be going what? two different Hello. episodes. That's hey. all different. Hey, now. But the there's my Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> the point about AI is this. Uh, <laughs> you, you will. <laughs> things gone off the track so early. Wow. You, you could have AI writing content, but people still like to see their local. Bro- I'm like, at some point on a weekend, I'm going to show up at Costco and people are going to come and say hi. AI is never going to do that. That's true. Never going to do that. Yep. So, there, and uh, like, I, I dabbled with that chat GPT and I asked it to write a, a love poem. It was really bad, yeah. and it misspelled my wife's name twice. So I, you know, I can't send that to her. So it, like the technology is not there yet. But I got a really good picture of Han Solo on the bridge of the Star Trek Enterprise, though. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, so, talk. Uh, tell me, I'm uh, Bill. Let's go back to those specials that you did, mm-hmm. and you talked about the people you chased and never got. And like, and I'm surprised that Jennifer Aniston said no. Yeah, who were some of the other gotaways? Well, you know, people like Brad Pitt and that crowd. You know, like that sort of. You know, there are people that that I think that really. I understand it because there are certain people who are really good at this. You know, George Clooney is very good at it. You can sit down. He's funny. He's quick. And there are people who know they're not that good at it, you know? So, so, and I think that over the course of time, we have a lot of actors who are not very good interviews. That, that is very true. Without you know, a script, I mean, there was a time, there's no Catherine Hepburn. There's just, they're just not, they're not, or, or Jimmy Stewart, or I mean, I'm trying to think, and Jim Garner. You know, people who were just interesting in their own right. You know, they, they, were, they were fascinating people. You know, I, I, first, one of the first interviews we did was with Audrey Hepburn. She, she knew who she was, and she knew what she wanted to say. And, um, and I thought, that, wow, this is amazing. The special, this was one of the first specials I did was Audrey Hepburn, and I thought, this is going to be an amazing ride. But there was no other Audrey Hepburn. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yes. There it was, was your first, and it was kind of the pinnacle? Well, I mean, yes, I, I, in the sense of, like, we did Sophia Loren. We did Lauren Bacall. We did some other big female names. But my point is, a lot of them were, and I'm not going to name names, but a lot of them were, you know, star of the moment. You know? Yeah. Big then and doesn't matter that much now. Oh, was that entirely for ratings? You know, I think that we, we thought, that, uh, we saw the show as um, it's about this moment in time. So it, it had to be it had to be that, and not, it wasn't always just celebrities. I mean, it wasn't just celebrities. It wasn't always just actors. It was it was it was a, a variety of people, and that's and one of the reasons that I came to Barbara with ten most fascinating people because that was my show. Came to her and I said, "Look, we're running out of these three people who can hold your attention for an hour, I, because you know you sit with those that person that 
27-year-old actress for 17 minutes on air talking with her. And attention spans, you know, you just can't, can't hold it. So I said, what if we do this 10 Most Fascinating People thing, and the ones we don't get, we do a little ride-around. And the ones we do get that are boring, they only have to be three minutes or four minutes. And, and she loved that idea? She loved the idea. And I said, and it, and it allows you to do, it allowed her to do things that she used to do, which she couldn't do anymore, like a politician, a business person, an athlete, people that would, you'd never give 20 minutes of a show to. Right. Um, and that, uh, that was a, that's the show that extended her run. She basically retired and did that show two more times with me. She said, I'm out of here. I'm out of the view. Goodbye. Then she would call me. This is whatever this was eight years ago and say, how about one more 10 most fascinating people? And I would fly in New York from, from out here in the, in Rancho Mirage. I'd fly into New York and spend three months with her. We'd do another one. We'd kiss. Goodbye. It's been great working with you. We're retiring now. So long. <laughs> and she called me again and said, one last one. And so, so we did. We did two more after the her official retirement. She did two more Tim most wow. people. So I was very proud together? of that because that was my show. I was very proud of that. Was that your list? The guests? Well, we put our heads together. You know, I mean, you know, I mean. And, and the nice thing I, I thought about it was that if the if one of the people was I don't know the Pope. It didn't matter. That's you a did, good get. You know, it, you're not, the Pope's not going to do the show. Nobody expects he, the Pope to do the show. I don't know. This Pope, maybe he's ill now, but I think this Pope might Next have, week, Tuesday, isn't it? Here a little bit. Yeah, he's going to do this podcast. Yeah, exactly. we got Pope Francis. Yeah. He'll, he'll, love, he'll love the little bar. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I mean, that was, that was special to me that she was willing to do that show two more times before the end. And that was... Those were the two shows that she did, out, basically coming out of retirement to do it. Right, that's right. After she said goodbye to everybody, she's like, "I think I can do that." All right, let Which me ask you. Uh, you did, following that, uh, Megyn Kelly famously left Fox News. Yeah, and kind of, I, I feel like maybe she burnt a bridge. I well, first of all, I, when I did something with Megyn. She was still at Fox. She was still at Fox. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I was at Fox there alone with, you know, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Ailes. Oh, Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes, you know, with the feet up in the Barker Lounge or talking with him for hours. You know, I mean, I mean, that was, we were right at the thick of things there in Fox when we did that special. She wanted, they, they wanted her to do a special for Fox you know, prime time, not Fox News, Fox prime time. Right. Uh, that was sort of Barbara Walters-like. Yes. And so I said, well, here's what we do. And I was very honest with them. I said, there is no, you know, no Barbara left. <laughs> you know, you're not yeah. Barbara. You're not Barbara. And and I and I love her. I love Megyn Kelly. Love her. I thought she was great. thought she was fun to work with. I thought she brought good ideas to the table. I had a great time with her. Uh, but um, I think in retrospect, she should have said, Here's what I do. Let's fashion a show around that instead of doing a show like Barbara did. You know, but we did do Trump. Yeah, we did do Trump, and that was a big part of. I mean, I was on the phone a lot with uh, Donald Trump about this, and he wanted to get out of it. And I said, No, I really need you to do this. And I said, It's going to be good, and it's going to be interesting, and blah blah blah. And I don't think he was fine with the interview, and she caught some flack because she people thought she wasn't tough enough on him. And was it in studio? 
she we did the Trump interview. Oh man, you know this is my brain is going. I can't remember where we did the Trump interview. Well, I, I just wonder about the whole process. How, of how that. surreal was yeah. that working with with with? I mean, he's become such a uh, polarizing figure, and, and I, mean, I mean, I think that I think that what we did was let me just finish this. What we did, I think we had a a sort of set that we would build each time in a particular place in in Midtown Manhattan, and try to make it look. We tried to make it look a little different. I don't know whether we were successful or not. We did Michael uh, Michael Douglas, who I've known forever and a great guy, and he, I think he was just doing me a favor. And uh, and um, and he and he liked Megan, you know, he liked her. He liked he thought she'd be interesting, and I think he was fine with that interview. And then we did somebody else, and I can't remember anything anyway. Um, but uh, but. Uh, uh, what, wait, wait, uh, about Donald Trump? What about mm-hmm. Donald? Yeah, I mean, it's just been surreal, that whole experience. I mean, and, and, and to look at where he was then and where he is now, and, you know, it's kind I mean, of a bizarre honestly, thing. I, I think that I d- it never occurred to me that he'd be president. It just never occurred to me. I think it never occurred to a lot of people. You know, I mean, I'd known him forever. Donald Trump was always very generous with his time with The View. Um, when you called up and said we're doing a funny bit on, uh, you know, Barbara is a short order cook, and would you show up and be a guest uh, that she's serving? And and then he'd be like, sure, I love Barbara, whatever you need. No, that's kind of how I saw him. Uh, we had some terse words uh, with because Rosie said a number of nasty things about him, and he called me up and threatened to sue and. And well, that's that was unusual. Not, that's not. That wasn't fun. Um, uh, we got through it, but it wasn't fun. Uh, but overall, I thought he was kind of a fun guy to be around, and I appreciated what he did for the show. And he was one of those guys that you could, when you were in trouble, guest drop out. You could get him on the line because <laughs> he was he was he, he was loved sitting the around. Publicity. So you say, look, look, I hate to say this, but, you know, Ray Liotta it, it can't, can't be there today. Uh, so standing in for Ray Liotta. Standing for Ray Liotta. And he says, well, I don't know. I've got a lot going on. I said, you'd be really doing me a favor, Mr. Trump. Just come over here. Well, I'll get you in and out of here. I'll send a car, do everything, whatever it takes. You'll be here for 15 minutes. And he'd be like, all right, Bill. You know, anything for Barbara. And uh, and I, I, always, I always appreciated that about him. You know, I, it was, you know, it was... Uh, uh, but it never occurred to me that he would be president of the United States. Just never, ever occurred to me. Have you? Had, we don't do a political podcast, but I'm just curious. Have you had contact with him post? No, no, nothing. No, it's a that whole thing happened. That was the moment of my departure from that world. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he can really use a, an appearance on the View right about now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that happened. He happen. was in a Cuban restaurant today, so at least we know what he likes to eat. I, I want to go wait, back wait, to something. We should, we should point out that this podcast is being taped on the day that the former president was indicted, indicted. on federal charges. So it's More importantly, the uh, Coachella the Valley Firebirds, Firebirds are playing. It's, it is more important. Uh, uh, I, I want to go back and ask something. You alluded to something earlier that I know was a, uh, something you talked about a lot when you started with Barbara, which was she had to deal with some things around sexism and ages and, yes. and those kind of things. We're now just a few years past the whole Me Too thing. Yeah. 
where are we compared to what you thought she was dealing with 30 years ago? Well, I do think that things, I do think we've, we've come a long way. Um, I, I personally, and it may just be because I'm older, I personally think sex, uh, ageism is the, a bigger issue right now than sexism. But it may just be because I'm older. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, and because I'm not a woman. And maybe if I was a woman, I'd look at this differently. But I did see her overcome a lot of stuff in terms of sexism. Ageism, not so much. She, 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 she managed to stay on the air much longer than most people would have, particularly as a woman. Uh, now, I'm, I'm not saying she didn't overcome. She overcame a lot of things. But whether it had a lasting impact on, impact on our society, I'm not so sure. She overcame ageism. Whether we are there, I don't know. And his, and his people who live here in the, in the Coachella Valley, I think it's a huge issue here. I think that we, there, it, it, let's face it, a lot of old folks here. You know, and, and some, some were pushed out before their time and are carrying grudges about it. There's no, no question I'll about it. I'll get over it. Yeah, right, exactly. Fast. You know, I'm, I mean, I, I, uh, I think that that's something we as a, a nation have not really dealt with because people don't think it's that big a deal. But you know it is why? a big deal because we're pushing out people with experience and talent and, and who have, I, I think there's a lot to be said for experienced individuals. Look, I, all I can tell you is that when, when Pat Sajak, who just announced, where this, I think it was today or yesterday or whatever it was, that he was leaving, most people went, you know, you've been there 41 years, get out. You know, it's enough already. And then when Whoopi said, I want to be the next host, I think a lot of people went, you're too old. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Too old. Yeah. Well, I... Like, uh, like that's like a... Like, it takes a lot of brain power to do that show. I'm sorry, but come on. The brains is... is it's is no still Wheel there. of Fortune. <laughs> no, it is Wheel of Fortune. It is. <laughs> oh, it is. That's the one she's moving It's no to. Jeopardy. It's no Jeopardy. There's... God, get the joke right. That would have been sake. that would have been a brilliant line, Randy. <laughs> it would have been fantastic. We're gonna have to edit that. Yeah. We'll fix it in post. But you know, I just think that I just think that I think young people are like I was when I was young. It's like move it on. You know, let's let's clear it up at the top and make some room for the rest of us. I think there's a lot of that that goes on. There, there is. I had a friend, a guy named Whitey Mitchell, who was a very interesting character. Uh, you know the song "Stand by Me." Mm-hmm. The bass solo on that is Whitey Mitchell, the, the very beginning. He was a bass jazz player in New York, and he did that in several other recordings. Decided to come to Hollywood, and he wrote for great shows. He invented the line, sorry about that, Chief. He wrote for Get Smart. Right, right, right. <laughs> but he told me when he reached 40 years old, the phone stopped ringing. Right. And he wrote at for... At 40? At 40. He wrote wow. Get Smart. He wrote All in the Family. He wrote all these great shows. Yeah. And then he came out and, and became a, a golf pro. I mean, like, he's one of these guys who was just too much talent. Yeah. But the uh, cone of silence thing probably I demand the cone of silence. <laughs> it's not the cone of silence. I demand it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there, there is that. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know that the line's 40 anymore, but it, no. it it's probably 50. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I think you're right. I mean, for women broadcast, you look like a guy like Hugh Downs who stayed on the air for a very long time. Men in network television hold on longer. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I... <laughs> It's it's so hard to talk about because in a lot of a lot of things in television, you can fire people for pretty much any reason in TV. You know, it's not it's not like a lot of other professions. It's like you're not bringing in the numbers. 
you know, it's just a, we, we're looking for a different audience. We're about, you know, there's, there's so many things, so many reasons to give other than you're too damn old, right? right. There's so many other reasons. That know, won't put you in court. That's exactly right. Yeah. But, you know, I've worked closely. Look, I work close, closely with David Hartman, uh, uh, you know, and all the various people who work. Uh, Joan London, all these people that I, that I I love David Hartman, admire David Hartman. What a guy. You get on the phone with David Hartman today, he's as sharp as ever. I mean, I don't think he wants to be doing that. But my point, <laughs> my point is, I think when he left. He still wanted to be doing it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think he, I think he left for a good reason. I think he left on his own terms and everything, but I'm sure that somebody in there went, it's time. Move it along. Yeah. 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 Charlie Gibson left before his time. You know, I mean, all these, all these, I mean, I'm talking about men here. I mean, if you get to women, I'm sure the, the grievance level is twice that. Yeah. You know, because you're all, you're not as pretty as you used to be, right? It's all that stuff. You know, and it's like, hey, no, that was not why they were there. I didn't think. I it's not they, supposed to be why, but. I, I didn't think. I yeah. thought. I, I mean, guess, it's a big but, part. You but, gotta I, be. but I will say that there's these intangibles to television. It's like, oh, they were not a good pair, or they had no chemistry, or whatever it is. And, and, and some of that tr- is true. Some of these things you've got to get, you know, you got to get rid of people for because, and, it's, and they look at the numbers, don't lie. Yeah. So the numbers are the numbers, and I think that that's the thing in television. You go like, that's not ageism. You're not you're not drawing an audience, you know. So, yeah. uh, you talked about, you kind of alluded to the idea that you have some idea like we're, we're placeholding, and there's something else that's going to come along. Yeah. What do you think that is? I, I and is it TV? Yeah, it, it may not be TV. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think that. I think that we are going to, at some point, grow tired of binging on these shows. I actually believe that that's coming. I can sort of feel it myself. Like do you it, do that? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I have a sort of sense that we'll be looking for something different. And I think that we, we're going to have to double down on live. Just going to have to. Not, nobody care, You think nobody cares anymore? But I got to tell you, the, the 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 sporting events, the news, the whatever. I think that that's the stuff that we're going to have to figure out a way to cover differently in a way that's more dynamic. And I don't have an answer because I'm too damn old. But but I do believe that you can't get rid of what the networks do. There's nobody there to replace it. Right. So you know, and I notice I notice that uh, you know. Uh, Netflix and a few of these others starts like they're doing live events. There was like a live, you know, Chris Rock concert. Well, that's not a live event to me. I don't care about that. I don't have to watch the Chris Rock concert live. Doesn't mean anything. Right, you can watch it on replay. Yeah, that's not. No, again, that's it's not the same thing. It goes back to sporting events and breaking news. Yeah, and, and, exactly. And things that matter that that I don't want to stream later because yeah, it's either immediate or it doesn't matter. About as far as I can wait is like when I watch golf on the weekends. If I'm like a half hour behind or something, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like like on my like I DVR it. Right. I'll, I'll like me. I like, but if I get too far behind, I know that I'm going to get an alert. You know that uh, you know that uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, Kepka's won again or something, <laughs> and uh, and 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 that's going to ruin the whole thing for right. me. So I have to I have to sort of stay on top of it. I'm, I think that that's the solution, but I don't. But I don't exactly know. I think we have to cover news differently. I think we have to uh, we have to somehow 
somehow it's going to have to be um, it can't just be pundit punditry it's got to be something else well I, I do think uh, the advent of cable and the blurring of this line between commentator and opinion opinion and news yeah. we've blurred this line terribly and I really like that to be a very sharp broad unbreachable line because I grew up in a, in a, in well, a I, journalism side I of would that. Li- I would like it too. You know, I, I, was re- I was reading today, I have a lot of friends who work at, um, at uh, News Nation and then they, the Cuomo, I have the Cuomo show and I have a lot, right. of, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of my friends who worked on The View are now at that show. And, uh, and I watch that show and I think, okay, there's something kind of middle of the road. There's a centrist point of view here that it's not, they're not doing what everyone else is doing and I, it appears to be growing. So I would like to see something like that happen. Uh, because, you know, obviously CNN's taking it on the chin. And, oh, there, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't have any solutions because I'm not in this game anymore. But I do believe that most people are in the middle somewhere. We're center right or we're center left. I believe that's where the audience I is. Saw I saw st- a statistic today that the uh, independents outnumber both sides combined. So that's a big middle. That's a big middle, and I don't think we're appealing to the middle very much. But maybe local is. Maybe there's such a backlash to the national that we've all been dealing with over the last six or seven years that people are coming back into the local and it's going to become more important. I certainly think it is when I look for news. That's where I'm going now is local. Yeah, but I also worry about this as as a local broadcaster. We get painted by a very broad brush and people assume that we have a a view left or right. Fake weather. (laughs) Fake weather. Hey, if I told you last year in June it would be 86 yesterday, you wouldn't have believed me. God, you're still hammering on that. I am. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, it, it, it's, it's very difficult. We've, we, we've entered a kind of a phase where people want to distrust journalists rather yeah. than trust them. Yes. And I, that's a, I think it's a dangerous place to be. And part of that, again, goes back to this blurring of the line where people say, oh, you know, I get my news from Sean Hannity. You're not getting news from Sean Hannity. I'm not picking yeah. on one side or the other. Yeah. Uh, or Rachel Maddow. Or Rachel right. Maddow. That, those are not news programs. Well, that's exactly right. Those are commentary programs yeah. with a specific point of view. Yeah. And it's a very dangerous yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. Something happened. Something Firebirds just scored. Firebirds. Go Firebirds. This is hockey, yes? This is, this is hockey. <laughs> All right, fine. The thing on ice? Yeah, okay, yeah. got it. Figure skates. Um, you know, I worked with... I worked with uh, uh, David Hartman and Charlie Gibson for years. I don't really know their politics. And I worked with them like, you know, where we like sat around and had drinks and into the night kind of stuff. Don't really, you know. I got a generally got a sense they were kind of middle of the road, a little right or a little left. But that was kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I didn't get the sense that they couldn't tell me a straight story if they heard it. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't, they would go like, oh, that doesn't fit my ideology. I think I'm going to make up something here. The other thing I worry about is people are so selective about what they watch, and there are so many choices, uh, and you can watch on so many platforms. You want to hear the thing that makes you feel good about what you believe. Mm -hmm. No one really wants to be challenged. Yeah. Uh, you get a lot of people who are listening to one side or the other simply because it coincides with what they already thought. Well, that's exactly how their social media works. Yeah. Yes. Everybody they're listening to already but, agrees with them. 
Tim, what yes. do you think about the impact of social media? And we were just talking about how the view gets mentioned so frequently on social media now. What is, sure. what is the impact on social media on broadcast programming? Well, I do think you're looking for clicks. You know, I think that that's part of it, and that's how you're monetizing things now, uh, which is probably not great. Uh, but but I don't, you know, I, how that saves television in the end probably doesn't. Yeah. You know, probably not enough money there. All right, I, I will uh, tell you this story. When I first started dating my wife, she had, we have two young kids. Her kids were in first marriage. I watched the way they watched television. Yeah. And they were six and ten. Mm-hmm. And I continue to watch the way they watch television. They don't care at all about live broadcasts. Right. They're 0% impressed that I'm on a live newscast. Right. They were watching Disney shows from eight years ago because that's what they love. Yeah. They stream everything. So they can watch anything they want to watch anything they want, anytime. And if it's something that they really enjoy, they'll watch it again and again. Now, I do that with Goodfellas and your your weather broadcast. Oh, I love those. Um, (laughs) No, but it's really. Sort of sad at home alone with it. (laughs) With the big bottle of God, jam. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Watching himself oh, over and hot. over again. <laughs> Forcing the dachshunds to look. No, look. Watch. <laughs> look at this. This is from 2003. I don't think you appreciated that. <laughs> this is the day it rained, boys. This is the rainy day. Look at how I handle this. So, But how do broadcast, I mean, how, how does a network, how does a guy like you who produced great television, how do you overcome that and get these kids' attention back? Well, here's what I'd say is that I watch television sort of the same way. My wife is like nudging me. You need to get your get your face out of the iPad and watch this. And 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 I'll, and also like a, a a month later, I'll say there's this show. There's a new show called Blah Blah Blah, and she said, "Yeah, we watched that. We've seen that." When like, was the last time you about? saw a commercial? Do you ever watch? I know. Well, that's that's part of the problem. That's is it. it? See, I and that's why I tape like golf. Yeah. So I can roll through all those Callaway commercials and and uh, and uh, you know uh, TaylorMade and just zip through it. Uh, so yeah, that's a big problem too, and and they know that. You know, um, that's why they have the, the you know playing through stuff where they have the you know the commercial running while you can still watch golf, which I also zip through because I don't want to do that. Um, I, so I do think that it's going to be more and more of that where the commercial plays under or around or boxed in, into the live action so that people don't. Fast well, they, you see a lot of that now yeah. on the live broadcast where it's a commercial on the right side yeah, and a exactly live right. on yeah. the left side. Yeah. I, I was thinking the other day, I was watching, they've got this thing that they're trying to make it much more personal. So somewhere toward the end of a round, they'll corner you know, uh, uh, Tyrrell Haddon or somebody walking up the fairway and says, so you've had a great day. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, sooner or later, he's going to be, and how do you like my new shoes by, <laughs> by know, foot a, joy? By foot joy. Because you know that's coming. Because we're, that's part of the programming, right? And sooner or later, that's going to happen. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's got it. I, I want to bring something up because we've talked a lot about television. We've talked a lot about the impact that Bill's had on television. But there's something personal we haven't talked about. <clears throat> In my research, I Uh-oh. found something called mancrushes.com. What? What? Mancrushes.com. This is a real thing, Bill. I don't know what you're talking about. You are rated number 81,024 wow. of the most top 
highest top celebrity crushes. 81,000 out of millions and millions and millions. 81,000. Yeah, but that's that's way up at the you top. You couldn't name 81,000 people that are famous. Number one was Justin Bieber. There were 81,023 people between, in between me and you Justin? and Justin Bieber. <laughs> I can't believe that. But I'm I so much more Patrick. manly than, than he is. He wasn't on mancrushers.com. So is that a this real thing? This is our first guest on that. Is this a real, a real thing? thing? Have you vetted all of our guests? By the way, you're website? worth about eight million bucks, according to the internet. I just I saw that. that. I saw that I'm worth eight million dollars. You are. Can I borrow a couple bucks? Uh, no. Because <laughs> um, that's just that, you know eight million doesn't that's go how as you far got as the it used million. to. Right. It just doesn't it go the way it used to. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> not. Been a lot of inflation. You used to be a banker. You know this. That's Brady. why I got out. It I is. You know. That's. By the way, that. That's something very weird because, like, how would anybody know what anybody has? And you see that all that George Clooney is worth X. You know that that's not true. Uh, I, I Googled that about myself, and I discovered I was worth $5 million, which is fantastic. That's really cool. That's, that I'm well, really, you're married to a divorce attorney, I've, so you're worth two and a half I've million told my dollars. bank that. I'm worth $5 million. I don't care what the balance is. Um, I want to go back to... Uh, so, by the way, look that up later. That's big. I will. Man yeah, I just want to know who's right below me and right above me. That's, I'm just <laughs> you curious. You need to Google it. John White was right above me. Yeah, oh, no, wow. No, he was Thank well you. below Thank you. Thank you for taking the air out of that balloon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you wrote a movie. You, you're a screenwriter. Yeah. And you did a. You wrote a movie that starred Ray Liotta. Yeah, I love Ray. Got to meet him eventually. You did not enjoy the movie, though. I did not enjoy the movie. Um... I thought that the rewrite was not good. I got sole writing credit because the because the guy director, who's actually a very good director named John Dahl, mm-hmm. uh, and he directs a lot of television. So you've seen, uh, I don't know, uh, what's the one, the, the Boston uh, mob guy, you know. The, 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 oh, uh, Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan, yeah. things like that. He directs things like that. He directs really high-profile things, and he's a very good director. And he, he did a rewrite on it. And uh, and he wanted a writer's credit, and we we argued over it, and I sent it to the Writers Guild, and the Writers Guild said I got sole writing credit. And then I saw it, and I thought I should never have fought for this. <laughs> I should never. You didn't like the ending of the film. I did not. I thought that the last act was a, just completely botched. Yeah, I did not like it. Um, but you know. I got a movie made. It'll be the only movie probably I ever get made. And I thought that that was nice. It was a nice to have that experience. But do you have more scripts? I mean, you I must. have other things that I've written. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not actively in that. And it takes a lot of time. And I just, you know, I'm too lazy. <laughs> I'm out in the desert. I'm lazy and old. Well, so what besides you- podcasts in a bar in the desert now, what are you doing? All right, well, I, I, uh, I do try to keep my hand in things but if you see my name on a credit it's probably because I have um, someone else is doing a lot of the heavy lifting so uh, I, I try to I, I try to help out friends I only I only align myself with people I really know and love like I have a project now with Debbie Matinopoulos after all these years Wow, seems to be going okay I am not going to be the one who spearheads it it will be someone else but I've been to the meetings, and if, we ha- if it all goes as planned, we will have a show on the air. And I say we loosely. They will have a show on the air, and I will help in any way I can. Does the industry reach back out to you now? No. Not at all? No. 
So how do you find projects? I, I by the industry. Well, I'm asking more. Do they reach out to you to talk about what you did and what you think they should be doing? No, of course not. There's, never. You're never looked at as a mentor never. by anybody in the industry. Never. It's not that kind of profession. T- television never does that. No. I, I, yeah. I can tell you that even at the at the small local no. level that I have worked. Really. That is just, just too competitive. It's. It is so based on on youth and the next thing. Yes, though that that was then. That's over. He's over. We're on we're on to a new thing. He wouldn't even understand what we're trying to do here now. It's there's a lot of that in God. TV, and it's okay. And yet, in your yeah. mind, you think you've got something to offer, right? I always think I have something to offer, but I'm not that offended. <laughs> really no. not. The, the thing about that, though, and, and I'm, I'm offended for you. Uh, <laughs> that thing, you're sitting here. Yeah. No, that yeah, is, exactly. no, I'm, I'm delighted. How, how, how the mighty have fallen <laughs> at a little bar here. Yeah, he's going to go home and he's going to pour a drink and he's going to say, right. yeah, exactly. Sweetheart, you won't believe what I did today. He's not wow. going to believe wow. this one. This is an all new low. Rock bottom uh, today. <laughs> that guy who's been telling us it's hot every day. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the bottom of the barrel. We were under the barrel. <laughs> Now, the thing that bothers me about it is, like, you do really understand, because you've gone through it in the trenches, mm-hmm. it is about numbers and getting viewers, and you understand how to do that, and, and, and you did that consistently throughout your career, and you came up with, no one was doing what The View right. was, was doing, right. and you, you and Barbara developed, created, invented that, yeah. and it's still relevant yes. today. And copied. Copied a lot. Yeah, what the the uh, uh, CBS tried to copy it with the the talk, which I mean, just a pure knockoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was that do. one show, an hour of bullshit, and that just didn't last That's at all. Bad. That was yeah. I, I think that's what we should rename this podcast. <laughs> an hour of bullshit. An hour of bullshit. <laughs> bullshit at Little Bar. You know. Got a ring. Uh, I just want to thank you. Sure. Happy uh, to do it. I, I, we spent some time together. I think I came over to your house and watched some college football. We played a little golf. Right. Uh, we've never had a conversation like this, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because it's, it's just fascinating the time we spent together. And I was really happy to have you on Eye on the Desert to talk about Barbara after her passing. Which I never really said, and I just want to say this. None of this would have happened without Barbara. This was all about Barbara, Barbara, and, and how I, you know, if you ever want to talk about it, how I came to be with Barbara, and what that what that entailed was one of the great blessings of my life, and uh, and completely changed my life. All of a sudden, I was just no longer this struggling producer wondering why he was in New York and thinking about going back to Oklahoma and getting a job in the uh, 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 energy industry or something. Well, and uh, you started as a local news producer. I started as he a local cameraman. He was mopping cameraman. floors at KOCO yeah, or something. TV. I was I was buffing and mopping the floors <laughs> of the proper cleaning the prop room, and they would let you run the camera on the news shows in the evening. So I'd run the run the studio camera, and then I'd go back to buffing the floor. And uh, yeah, and then I moved up to to uh, to to shoot film. Those days it was CP16s. You shoot film, 
uh, for the local news, and that was really exciting for me to work in a local news station in Oklahoma City with what I thought were the incredibly talented people, and I still feel this way about this little group of people in Oklahoma City, just incredibly talented group of people, some of whom are still there. Um, and that was kind of that what turned me on about television. That was the launching part for me, was being a cameraman. It gets under your skin when you work in a newsroom environment. Yeah, it just gets under your skin. Yeah. I started as a camera operator too, and so I. Uh, you, you don't want to. You don't want to leave. Yeah. You know, I, they they gave us a car and a camera, and I did, and, and and then I'd get off at you know seven o'clock in the evening, and people go out there at nine or ten o'clock at night. I'd be sitting on the car. I'm like, what are you doing here? It's like, no. Could be something. It could be a fire or something. <laughs> I'm just going to stay here. I'm until just going to hang happens. around. Somebody's going to shoot somebody sooner or later. Well, this has been a joy and uh, a, a true delight. It and really was exciting to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. One of those moments where I think we got we delved into some pretty good information. I too. think we did. Mancrushes.com. That is the first reference yeah, to it really on this podcast. That's the one part we're going to edit out. Uh, <laughs> unedited that's the only show, research but that's I did. Uh, <laughs> out. Uh, on behalf of my co-host Randy Florence and our producer extraordinaire John McMullen and our guest Bill Getty. Thank you so much for spending some time with us at Little Bar. You're listening to Big Conversations Little Bar, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to Big Conversations Little Bar. Join Randy and Patrick next time as we keep the conversation going right here on Big Conversations Little Bar. Little Bar.